Welcome back to The Grown Man Project. My name is Tyler, and we've got a killer show for you today. We all know that feeling of a Sunday night or a Monday morning when you look at your calendar and you already feel defeated and overwhelmed by all that's to come. That's why we brought in our amazing new friend, Isaiah Henry. Isaiah was born in Brooklyn, New York. He's the CEO of Seabreeze Property Management, and he's also got a huge heart for charity. Isaiah is here to dive into what it means to be a grown man and how he balances his busy schedule. Your host, Darius Need, leads these two through a chat about the value of being a transparent individual and how Isaiah makes sure that he's the same person in every room that he steps into. We've got two amazing men having a real and honest conversation. So now, let's lean into the show. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? So you got your boy Bishop here, and I am sitting in a room right now uh, talking to someone who I absolutely love. He is an amazing individual. Uh, he is a key voice in my life and also uh, someone who I just admire, just an amazing fella. Uh, we got Mr. Isaiah Henry with us today. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. So glad to have you uh, with us right here on the Grown Man Project. And yeah, but today we're going to be just talking about a few things like what does it mean to be a grown man? But first, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are and uh, what's what's happening over in that world of yours. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's interesting because when someone asks you the question, what do you do? Or, you know, you immediately go into your profession, right? And so I've been trying to, to steer away from that, right? So yes, I, I do things in my profession. Um, but I would say, um, as an individual, I focus on just uh, encouraging people, loving people well, um, seeing people uh, for where they are, for who they are, um, and then also expressing that of myself, right? So seeing people where they are um, and and just being a transparent individual. I, I think the goal that I am, I am focused on in this season of my life uh, is ensuring that I am the same person in every single room that I walk into, right? And and that's a personal mm. journey. Um, and so 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 yeah, so so that's kind of where I'm I'm moving in life and 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 how I'm, I'm interacting with people um, as a profession. Uh, I I run a, a property management company, an association management company. So we manage uh, high rise uh, communities, master plan communities, single family homes, condos active adult communities uh, throughout California, Nevada, Idaho, Arizona. Um, and, and so we manage about 100,000 homes, which represent about uh, 450 uh, homeowners associations. Um, we've got 500 people that, that I get to, to do that with uh, and serve the communities in which we are, we are lucky enough to, um, to partner with. So, yeah, um, I would say that's kind of on the profession side. And, uh, yeah, I'm heavily involved in, in charity <clears throat> with a, in a bunch of different arms um, from, from uh, I would say, human advocacy, um, working in, in social services um, around youth and adolescents. Um, also very passionate about homelessness um, and mentoring uh, and then also uh, in the animal welfare sector. So a uh, pretty broad spectrum of a lot of things that I that I, I am passionate about. Uh, and, and I would say, uh, yeah. So that's me. This is the black Superman. That's what I'm about to start calling him. He does everything. <laughs> oh my that. gosh. Man, that so being a CEO of a company that manages over a hundred thousand properties, you say? Yeah. 
Good mercy. That is amazing. And then you also have over 500 employees. What I, I love about Isaiah, and uh, you, you heard him say this, his first thing, it wasn't about like his actual job and profession. It was more about the essence of who he is and what he, uh, what he like aspires to do in his life is to love and see people well. And it's amazing that you're actually living that out and being able to uh, love and see people well, but it's easy to love like five people, yeah. you know, H- how are you loving and seeing over 500? Like, what does that look like? And also like being a board of, and a board of trustees and all these different uh, uh, organizations from a college to, uh, you know, working with animals and all this It's like, wow, how is that all working? How do you do that? How do you balance that? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge, right? <clears throat> so I think that yeah. um, everything that we do in life, there is a sacrifice somewhere else, right? So if I'm choosing to have a conversation with you this morning, um, you know, there's a sacrifice in another area of my life. And I think that we need to be okay Mm. with making those sacrifices. And, Mm. and I think a lot of people, you know, you get to the end of the day and, you know, if you're lucky enough to have some time to do, do some reflection, it's almost like, how did I get here? I think for me, I try to as many times as I can throughout the day, pause and look about my intention in that moment, right? So what does the next five minutes look like? What are the next 15 minutes look Mm. like? What does the next hour look like? Um, And what does success look like in those moments? And Mm. so, you know, kind of your first question, when you talk about 500 people, it's impossible for me to love 500 people, right? As we sit here and have this conversation, there are people that are out there um, interacting with homeowners and welcoming people across front desks and uh, valeting people's cars and uh, working in elevators and doing all of these things as I'm having this conversation with you, I think what I can do well um, and how I can, um, I would say, um, touch the people that serve at our organization is by ensuring that that when I do see them, that I love them well, as well as uh, seeing the people who are um, responsible for ensuring their well-being, right? So our leadership team, you know, I sit around the table a lot of times uh, when I talk to the leaders of our organization and I say, so this company, you know, while we're 32 years old, the majority of us um, joined the company within the last seven years. Um, I joined about eight years ago, and, and we really changed this organization. And so I'll tell the leadership team, I'll say, we all got here for, for a reason. There was something that we weren't seeking at our previous organizations. And so how do mm. we ensure that we don't make those same mistakes again, right? How do we ensure mm. that we see the people out there so that they're not sitting at the next organization affecting change somewhere else? And mm. so it's a, it's a, I believe it's a high calling. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a daily recommitment to the purpose of what we're doing and, and, and to not get lost, um, in the busy work that, that, you know, we can all get lost in. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for being honest in that. Uh, cause I mean, uh, you know, anybody else will go, Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, I go and meet with every last one of them, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I go to their family's house yeah. and give letters yeah. and I'll, take I'll, cookies, I'll you know, <laughs> that person doing that all day long. I'll, I'll follow them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, three things that you said that I, I wanted to actually like kind of just hone in on for a second. Uh, one is, uh, that you have basically established a culture. And um, the culture of what you establish with the leaders that you're around is that 
this is how I see you. And also, I love what you says. Like, we all came here for a reason, mm-hmm. and we are affecting a whole nother organization. And now we don't want other people to experience that and walk away like the same reason why we left yeah. our organizations, you know. Whether it was good or bad, it's like we want them to actually be a part of this for the long run and to attach themselves to good vision. Um, how important is it to, like, establish a culture and have vision uh, when it comes to running a company? Extremely important. Uh, I would say it's everything that we do. Um, you know, so we sat down with a consultant um, about a couple months ago just to ensure as the organization is growing rapidly that we don't get off path, right? Because once you yeah. start to get big and you start to get speed, you can move very quickly in the wrong direction. And to stop yeah. and to pivot is extremely hard, right? And we see that we see this all the time. Organizations that are huge and you're just like, wow. But you look at where they're going and how that aligns with society and you see that they're extremely dated and they're running off the track. However, they can't stop moving in that direction because they've got so many resources and um, so, so, so much is wrapped around that, right? If they were to pivot, they'd possibly lose half of their workforce. Uh, Their Mm. clients possibly wouldn't identify what's going on with the organization. They might find another service provider. So they're literally running against the wall and I feel like uh, running towards the wall and I feel like there's organizations that... You know, I don't know if they're sitting around the table saying that to themselves because I think that we all have the the I would say, you know, false reality at times that that you know we've just always done this and we're going to keep moving in this direction. Um, but but for us internally, we sat down, you know, because we were getting some speed and we were saying, all right, how do we ensure that we are um, moving in the right direction, right? And it doesn't mean that everybody needs to be doing the same thing and speaking the same way. We right. don't want to remove. Um, you know, individual service. We're a service organization. You know, yes, we manage buildings and, and communities and such, but really it's just 500 people that are serving other people well, right? And if they're not empowered and encouraged um, and engaged to do their job, it's impossible for that individual to give the level of service that's going to make a client want to come back or even refer our service to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, so we sat down and, and we hired a consultant that came in and they did a fantastic job at really just honing in, you know, what is your two-year goal, your four-year goal, um, and then identifying what a mission and vision statement look like. And at first, I was like, good God, this is going to be this going to take forever. We could be doing a lot of the organization right now. <laughs> um, but we came out of that so invigorated. And, you know, having that, and it was funny because I thought, we need a two- and a four-year goal? Like, these just seem like really, you know, s- small numbers that we're, we're measuring by. Um, but... It was, it was amazing when you actually sat down and identified, um, you know, in two years, we plan to do this. And it's like, holy cow, wow, that's a lot of stuff. And then in four years, mm-hmm. we plan to do that. It's like it, it was mm-hmm. almost it seemed like we couldn't reach that goal. But realistically, when we sat down and identified the passion that we have, the, the, the individuals that we have working for the firm, um, the speed that we're currently working at, it's like we could absolutely achieve that four year goal. But when you look at that, it's it's shocking. It's almost like it's unattainable. And so, so then, you know, from, from that group, we then disseminated the information to the organization and it's really cool. Um, we're, we're kind of doing a grand opening. We'll see with, with, with the Delta variant, but we've got a, 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 mm. a grand opening coming in September. And so we're going to rally everybody around that. Um, and, and then we're going to run towards it. So, so extremely yeah, important. Um, and it's important for people to understand where we're all going. Right. Yeah, that's very and that's very exciting. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, I love how this is moving because it's segment to the three things that I heard you say when I first asked you that question. Um, 
uh, let me address this one right here. You've mentioned a couple of things that, uh, that you've accepted a call. Like this is a calling, a higher calling. And uh, we know you're a man of faith, which is something I appreciate about you. Uh, being a man of faith in, in a business world where you come in contact with so many different people. Uh, but what you're establishing and what you're able to accomplish, it takes faith to do. Like it really does. Uh, like you're, you're talking about two-year plans, four-year plans, having big vision, going after being a pioneer, uh, creating a place where people don't want to leave. Like it would pain them to leave unless, you know, something drastic happened or whatsoever. Um, how important is it to you uh, be a man of faith in this space? And what is the role of being, you know, uh, a person who goes after God and, and is allowing God uh, to give you the hope and the invigoration and the inspiration and the vision uh, to lead something like this? That's a great question. And it's something that I would say I often uh, ask myself and recalibrate my leadership style to ensure that I'm aligning with my calling. Um, <clears throat> I think that it's easy as, as a Christian to immediately point to the Bible and say, well, this is what a leader is, and I need to be all those things, um, and and forget all of the other things that, that I'd say that, that we've been taught, right, and that we know to be true of God and, um, you know, what we know of Jesus. And so uh, for me, I have really honed in on, on, I would say, ensuring that I am the individual, right, ensuring that I am a man that is living by um living by the truth that I am, I'm led, I'm called, um, mm. and, and that I'm trusted in this season with this responsibility. Um, and it never gets to, and I shouldn't say never, um, but I ensure that I try to ensure that I always stay behind, um, looking at an organization and saying, wow, I, I did this, or, um, I built this, or, um, you know, that, that there is something that's unique about me, right? So it's always kind of constantly living in this tension of ensuring that there is this um, humility and realization that if it, if it not be for the grace of God, I wouldn't be where I am. If it is, mm. you know, if it was not for um, for definitely divine, uh, I would say, uh, protection and um, support that 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 we. Um, that I would not be entrusted with this in this season. So, mm. so there's this, like, I have to release myself from, from all of the things that I see around as, well, this is tangible. This is something that I just picked up. It's like, yeah, and, you know, God mm. gave me the ability to do so. Right. But then also not to get to the place where, um, you, you don't understand the responsibility of your calling and you're just, you know, you throw your hands up and say, and okay, Lord, take me wherever. It's like, yes, you want to be that, but but also God gave you a very unique vision and 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 then the unique ability to see things in this specific season. And so so constantly living in that tension where you're not ahead yeah. of your calling and you're not blazing a path and saying, I'll see you later. God meet me mm-hmm. when when I you know when you get there because uh, mm-hmm. you know you've given me all this talent and I'm I'm super strong. Um, right. But then also, you know, the backside is ensuring that that you're um, that you are using the gifts that you've been given. And for me, as someone who you know tries to stay in the humility, humble zone all the time, I have to sometimes, you know, I'll walk into a meeting and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm self-doubting myself and I'm not thinking I'm worthy of this opportunity. And I'll have to, like, 
you know, remind myself. It's like God gave me a very unique gift in this season and I need to speak in truth and I need to speak in confidence and I need to lead out. Right. So it's, it's, it's a constant process as well. Uh, as in a lot of the answers that I'll probably give you today. <laughs> I love that. It, it, it's what you're saying is like, literally Jesus needs to be at the center of every moment. Mm-hmm. It's not that I accept something that, you know, at one point and then I go, okay, cool. Yep. And just run off. But, and I'm sure you can attest to this and you have to be careful. Cause you know, when you say one thing, I, one of my praise buttons is when you go, you know, look how far the Lord has brought me. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. can't do, you, can't, you can't say stuff like that. Don't say stuff like that. Cause I will mess this whole <laughs> podcast interview up. And we will have a straight up praise break. Okay. I'm okay <laughs> but, with that. I'll take it off. <laughs> I mean, I just love that, Isaiah. It's like when you have that perspective, you realize that you can't make it without the mm-hmm. Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. And to take on something so massive, a vision that is beyond you, to be a leader in all these different spaces, you 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 have to look back and you go, Nobody but God. Yeah. Nobody but God. Totally. Especially where you come from. Totally. You know, and your story and how you came from Brooklyn, New York, and you know, you went through uh, boarding school, all these different things. It's like, there's so much that you look back and go, Lord, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are moments too, where God puts stuff in your spirit and you go, that's so massive. Um, I, there's a scripture that came to mind when you were talking about, uh, these are the, and these are the very things that keep us humble, right? Like the, the understanding that where will we be without the Lord? These are the very things that keep us in a space. It's like, okay, God, I need to be dependent on you. And in the society where we're constantly telling people be independent 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 like the whole like thing of the christian faith is like totally opposite james 4 and 10 when it says humble yourself before the lord and he will exalt you Mm. you are literally living that out you are living that out in such a great way i'm not ignorant to think that there are you know only only christians that will be listening to this interview um but just just the understanding of what being humble in general does. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you believe in grass or the sun or, or good vibrations. Yep. Listen, if you if you stanky and you overconfident and you don't know how to love people well, you ain't getting nowhere. I mean, you'll get somewhere, but you ain't getting nowhere. You know, I was in a session the other day and somebody said, if you want to run long, run with people. Mm. If you want to run fast, run by yourself. We have a lot of people who run very fast. Yep. They don't know what it means to live in community or to be vulnerable, uh, which leads to my third thing is something you said is uh, you understand that you're human. Mm -hmm. It's impossible for you to live uh, in these spaces and be everything to all 500 people, including the over 100,000 properties that you are overseeing. It's impossible to live in that space, but you understand your dependency or your need for a savior Mm -hmm. and for redemption and for restoration and for strength, which I love. Um, when it comes to the ideal of uh, ideology of being human mm. and what that looks like, we are limited. We have faults. We have, we get tired, you know, all these things in spite of the incredible things that we're able to do within our own selves, within our own strength. Um, what does it mean to be a grown man in your perspective and in this space that you're serving in and how you're living your life and your profession? Um, how does, how does the whole ideal of, do you arrive at it at some point? Is it something you're, you feel like, oh yeah, like I hit it right away and I just live it out and I'm, I'm Superman. I, you know, well, what is it? What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's a great question. And, um, so I, I don't have an answer to the question cause I don't know if I'm a grown man yet. Um, 
I think that it's 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 a, a, it's a process, right? So I would say mm. that there are things that we that I've learned. There are things that I am learning, and there are things that I will learn. And I would say that you know there are all these things that I would say as a younger man um, that I thought that okay once I do this, I will have arrived. Or once I figure this out, I'll be there or every life will be so much uh, easier and, and things will be simple. And, you know, I'll get to the other end of this mountain. I'll be able to look back and I'll see the whole world. And then you just realize that, you know, th- there's another mountain, right? There's another, there's another place for you to go. There's another uh, thing for you to see. There's another experience for you to have. There's another interaction for you to, um, you know, engage in and learn something from. Um, so I would say that it's a process, right? You know, and it's, and you know, if, when you asked me to be, um, to join you today on, on this, on this podcast, I said, grown man podcast, like, I don't even know if I'm a grown man yet. Like, so, you know, um, but, but realistically, I, I think that, that it's, it's, it's being okay, understanding that you're in process, right? Being okay, understanding that, Hey, I'm waiting for my next lesson. Um, being okay, knowing that I'm striving for things and then looking back and having the confidence to say, you know what? I'm on the right path. Right. Yeah. You know, God has got me here. I'm thankful for that. These are the lessons that I take with me. Um, This is how I don't stub my toe on that rock again. Right. Um, Right. And, um, but it's a process um, that I can plan to continue to um, keep walking towards, keep striving um, you know, and, and if I ever get that, I, I promise you, I'll give you a call and I'll let you know, Hey bro, I've arrived. Please do. I'm a grown Please man do. today and I got to tell you something. <laughs> yes I, please do give me a call because i'm still i'm still in that journey as well uh, i think i love that it's a process being okay with the process is so hard for people mm-hmm. right and i think the reason why we have that issue is because with what we are constantly seeing day in and day out the first thing we get on our phones to see is a perfect picture yeah. or a video uh, that's been very finely shot with the top cameras whatsoever and it, it gives you the the thought process of going that these people are living a life that I actually want to get, but we don't see what it took to make that video. We don't see the, you know, the, the fight that person was in in their mirrors before they took that picture or, you know, the fact they just cussed out somebody at the grocery (laughs) store and then they went outside and went in the parking lot and stood up in front of that wall and was like, Hey, get like We don't see that the process that people are in. And so we're constantly desiring something that actually isn't attainable Mm -hmm. because everybody is on a journey. You know, everybody's on a journey um and uh i I think this is important to ask as well when it comes to that um how important is it when it comes to your line of work and also what you're doing as a person uh to to have rest as a human as a person as a ceo as a board member as a friend as a brother uh what is what does rest look like how do you incorporate that yeah um rest is one of the most important things in (laughs) in the world um and, you know, it's like why, you know, with all our strength and with all of our science and all these things, everybody has to go to bed at night, right? Like if you don't sleep, yeah. you know, even if you're some of these high performers that can operate on two to three hours um, a night, you know, like doctors will say, hey, this is not good for you. This is not good for your heart. You're, you know, you're, right. you know, uh, and so, so for me, I, you know, obviously sleep is super important, but I look at rest outside of just physically laying down and placing my head on the pillow. It's like, talk about it. Talk about it. How do I take time away from, from 
my work, right? Where how do I not? How do mm. I turn off the thoughts? Where, um, you know, I'm like, I need to do this. I haven't done this. You know, I, I've got to get to this. You know, how do I quiet my mind? You know, I've done a lot in the mornings when I wake up before I even touch my phone. You know, some of the it, it, these are practical tools that I need so that I don't just get thrown into the day. Because a lot of times when I'm looking at my phone, I'm looking for a client that's unhappy or a surprise, right? And so there's anxiety that's building up as I'm opening my phone because I, I know that there's a possibility that this could ruin my day, right? And so before I even go there, I'm taking time. I'm praying. I'm meditating. I'm quieting my mind. I'm ensuring that I'm, I'm focusing on breathing um, appropriately to thank God that I've, I, I'm awake today and to yeah. ask for, for clarity uh, and the things that I should, should should be running towards, and 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 to ask for protection in the areas that that I that I, I might get too close to a you know a, a warm stove, right? And so, um, um, and then throughout the day, I, I look at you know times where you know I was reading a book the other day talking about the importance of of just possibly taking a nap, right? So just just mm. take a twenty minute if you feel like you're going to burn out. And you're sitting here in a Zoom meeting and, you know, and, and through the pandemic, a lot of us are working at home and you're just like, I need to press through. No, you don't. Go take a 10, mm. 15, 20 minute, 20 minute will change your entire day. Take that time, oh, yeah. regroup, get back into it, right? Take a mm-hmm. walk around. I mean, a lot, I mean, what we tell our employees is that, you know, a lot of you guys are, you know, we can see the time that you're spending on these computers, and a lot of you are, are working too hard. You know, while we are thankful that you're serving our clients, you've got to get away from that computer. Go out, take a walk around the block, go talk to your kids, you know, have a conversation with your wife. Like these things will bring you rest, even though you might be doing something else, you're just pulling away from the things that are important. Um, you know, I recently found out that, that you know, I went to my doctor and I talked to, I went to a naturopath and she's like, you know, Isaiah, you got a lot of stress in your system. And I was like, whoa. Mm. And, and while I was operating well, I felt good. I was sleeping at night. It's like, that's the stuff that will kill you, you know? I mean, mm. that's the stuff mm-hmm. that breeds cancer. That's the stuff that does all – it's stress. And so how do we eliminate mm. those those things? Uh, and, and how do I eliminate those things in my life? Um, it's mm. ensuring that, that I create space. I, I create time for rest. You know, I'm someone that mm-hmm. gets strength by spending time alone. And so, you know, while I can work all week and want to hang out with friends on the weekend – I also take that time to ensure that I've got some time for myself. And my friends know that. They know it's like, okay, Sunday afternoons, Isaiah time. Like if you get, if you get him out of the house, like one, we don't know how he's gonna come out of that house because he might be a complete mess because you took in you've taken his time. And two, you know, uh if if I do go out, it's it's something really important, right? So um, because yeah. I have to protect yeah. that time. Yeah, I I thank you for sharing that. That's that's good. Creating the space, right? Creating yep. the space and uh, acknowledging too, in the, even in the smallest moments, like I need to take a breather. Yeah. I need to go on a walk. I need to go lay down for twenty minutes. Don't do don't do forty five because you get into that deep sleep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't definitely don't nap for forty five. <laughs> yeah. This in this book start, right here, the, the free to focus. Um, it yeah. talks a lot about about creating that that time, like blocking things out, mm. and and how important rest is. Uh, in your world. So yeah, yeah don't do the yeah. 45. You're done. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> you do the 45. Yeah. Either, either you have a prophetic gift or, you know, we just are in a groove right now, but I was literally, my next question was about to ask, uh, what are you reading? That book. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah. 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 Is that, the, 
Yeah, I'm doing this. How many this, how many books do you usually read like in a, in the course of a year? In the course of a year, I try to get. So I'm not going to sit here and, and profess that I'm I love reading. I actually can't yeah. stand it. Um, but mm. I understand its importance in my life. I understand that um, it forces me to change the speed of my thinking. Uh, it forces me mm. to um, really sit down and and it's funny because the times that I do read. Um, I come out with so much in such a short period of time. And so I understand the importance yeah. of it. So um, I, I try to get a book in a month, right? So so obviously there'll be a lot yeah. of other um, reading that I'll do. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a visual guy. So, you know, right now I've okay. got on my desk uh, the New York Times. They did a, a couple of specials. And so they've got one on leadership. They've got one on brain health. They've got one on self-care. And I, I love those just because they're super visual. Yeah. It's, a, it's a quick read. It's something I can grab, something I'll read on a flight. Um, so, so I'm in this guy right now, the free to focus. Um, and then yeah. also, uh, the positive intelligence book, uh, a lot of mm. great stuff coming out of this book right now. Um, and then one of my dear friends, uh, Julie Boyd, who, um, runs, um, a hospice clinic in Kenya, uh, wrote a book mm. and, uh, uh, from beyond the skies that talks about, uh, her life and her journey. And, uh, I'm just oh, super my. inspired by this woman. She is life changing. And, um, her journey is, is one that almost, um, a lot of, I still don't believe And when I talk to her on the phone, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity, um, because wow. she's like mother Teresa. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. so, uh, it's been a, a journey to, to kind of walk with her and really yeah. read that book. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I I'm not a big reader myself, uh, so it is you know periodically I sit down and read some. So I definitely, if you're reading it, I'm gonna actually go take a look at it. Please <laughs> do, because yeah, because if I'm reading, if it's keeping my attention, yeah, because I've got yeah. another book over here that I've tried to read for about a year, and I'm just like, oh, this is a struggle. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, uh, one thing that I love about you as well is you are great at facilitating moments for people to enjoy themselves. You're big on community, although you, I did learn something about you today that you do need that time away that you get energy from being alone, uh, which there's n- nothing bad about that. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, and this is just a thought that I got about uh, how we always talk about isolation is a bad thing mm. and how one of the most beautiful animals on our planet that when we see, we go, Oh, that's a beautiful, it's a butterfly. Yeah. But most of the, the butterflies life is spent in isolation, mm. right? Yeah. So isolation is not always a bad thing. And sometimes the very things that happen when we are alone are the very things that help to morph us, to shape us, to give us energy, to give us strength. So that when we come up out of that thing, we look more beautiful than ever. So yep. I love that. Uh, you have that. That's how you get gain strength. Cause a lot of times people are always like, get community, get in community, get in community, but also community is not a bad thing as well. Yep. And I think you do that so well. You facilitate community in a way uh, that has been done. I went to this man's Superman, uh, Super Bowl party. And, like, again, Superman. He's, you know, doing all the super things. How in the mess did I just, like, literally, I rolled out of that house. <laughs> rolled out of there. I mean, just the amount of food that he had. But the way he did it and all this stuff. He had somebody come in and cater and do fast appetizer meals. It was, like, over 12 meals in, like, a span of the whole Super Bowl. It was awesome. But what I seen in that moment more than just people eating and having a good time and uh he, this man knows about a wine so he'll have the best wines and that you've ever tasted glory to god uh, we thank you god for it yeah <laughs> but um the thing i noticed the most as i sat there and observed is that people trust you 
and they love being around you and they also feel so free. It's like people are letting their hair down just to enjoy themselves and be who they are at their core which is just the individual. It's like, we, we don't get to see that from everybody's kind of putting on a face, uh, you know, putting on makeup and coming out. It's like, this is, you know, this is what I want you to see. But in that moment, everybody was so relaxed. Uh, tell me about that. What is your passion for uh, facilitating moments for people to, to engage with community, but also to just be themselves and to relax? How did you get there? What fuels you to do that? Yeah. You know, it's, um, that's a great question. Uh, I want to talk to the isolation <clears throat> um, comment that you made first, and then I'll, I'll jump into yeah, kind yeah. of community. You know, I think for myself, I found that the reason, so as much as I, um, being isolated and um, being with myself brought, brings me strength, um, I found that I fleed from it. Like I couldn't, if I had an afternoon open, I would run out and I'd try to hang out with friends and I would call people. And if, you know, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. I'd be, you know, doing something that seemed cool just to keep my mind occupied. And what I realized is the reason that I was doing that, and I think that a lot of us are motivated in the same way, is was, was because I was afraid to be alone. Uh, I was afraid mm. of. I, I didn't think highly of myself. Um, mm. I didn't think highly enough of myself that I was willing to be with myself alone. Right. And mm. so for me, I was like, holy cow, like the reason that I don't want to do these things alone, even though I'm trained after I, I'm doing them with somebody else, because I need to have that recharge time. This is, this is just the way that I'm created. I need time to recharge. Yet yeah. I'm out here doing things with people all the time and I'm never recharging. And so I'm like, I'm burnt out, but I don't want to spend any time alone. And for me, the reason I didn't want to spend time alone was because I just didn't like who I was and I wasn't comfortable being alone with myself right so oh, and if oh. you don't want to hang out with you then how are you going to go out here and ask the whole world to hang out with you right like i love that <laughs> <laughs> but that's so true you know yeah we're out here we're we're, we're we're talking the talk we're at the events we're doing all this stuff yet bring me home to myself and i don't want to hang out with myself and so i had to come oh, to that goodness. realization that's like whoa isaiah yeah. Like you gotta work on you, bro. Like you gotta take some time to identify where the self hatred lies, right? What lies oh goodness, wow. are you telling yourself, the young child within you, that you're? It's not fun to be with you. It's not safe. It's not um, a place that it can, can you know, burst creativity and, and all the things that you would want out of any relationship that you have. And for me, that was a. a, a beautiful realization. Uh, I, I wish I could say that I got there on my own. Um, mm. I went through, through years of therapy. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny when people, and you know, this is my, my, my therapy plug. Um, but when people hear the word therapy, they're like, Oh, what happened to him? Right. You know, if anyone's mm -hmm. listening to this message, right. you know, whoa, whoa, here's a therapy. What happened? You know, let's <laughs> jump off up. a cliff. Let's, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny because, you know, I, I, I tell this analogy, I don't know if I, I heard it somewhere, I stole it or created it, but, um, you know, if I were to say that I go to the gym every single day of the week, people would be like, wow, good for you. You're in great shape. But if I were to say I go to therapy every single day of the week, they'd be like, bro, what's wrong with you? Is everything okay? 
And yet it's the exact same thing. You're taking time to exercise your mind. You're getting an outside perspective. You're getting, um, you know, hopefully you find someone that, that you, you care for and that sees you and that you trust, right? Because you have to be honest in any of those rooms you walk into or don't waste your time in therapy. Um, mm-hmm. Don't waste your therapist's time either. And they'll still sit with you because they, they believe that they can find a breakthrough. But you've got to be honest. Um, but for me... I was like, wow, this is something that I really want to dig into. I, I, I want to be safe with myself. I want to be encouraging to myself. I want to be able to have time to recharge and come out a better man. And for me, that was through a journey of therapy. And, and, and that was life-changing for me. It was transformational. Um, it, was, it, it helped me identify areas in my life where um, I didn't even know why I was moving in certain directions. I didn't even know why I had you know these challenges with, with relationships. I didn't even know why these things existed in my life. And you dig in and you realize, holy cow, there's actually a clear path on how you got here. And so let's start mm-hmm. laying the brickwork to ensure that we're heading towards the direction that you, you'd like to see yourself in the future and that you believe you're calling it. So, um, you know, that's my isolation story. And I would say that to anyone listening, um, to really take the time to identify, you know, I'm not saying that community is not important. I love community. I love creating community. Um, but if you find that you can't spend time alone, if you find that you've got to always have someone uh, around you, then then possibly look inside and identify, is there a reason that, that you're not safe with yourself? You know, what lies are you telling yourself? Because, you know, I guarantee you that's not how God sees you. So um, so that's that's the isolation thing on, on the community question. Um, Man. I would say that we. For me, it's it's kind of as as we spoke about earlier. It's ensuring that that as an individual, I'm constantly um, uh, I, I I walk into every room, and this is not that I'm there, but I'm working towards walking into every room authentically mm. me. And so mm. I would say in that, um, it it has um, created spaces where people can be authentically them, right? So when mm. I interact with with any of my friends. Um, and, and people who come over to my home uh, and, and even people who work with me at, at my office, they know that they don't have to prepare yourself to walk into this room, right? Prepare yourself to have this conversation. I want you to come as you are, right? If you're having a bad day, then let's talk about your bad day. If you want me to sit here and just listen to you speak, I'll listen to you speak. If you would like me to speak into you, I'll speak into you. Um, you know, because I want to be, the, I want to receive that type of relationship as well, right? So I try to create spaces for individuals where they can be seen, that they're safe, that they're heard, that they're valued, appreciated, um, because those are the spaces that I want to be in, right? I think of so many times where I'll go to an event, and I'll sit in my car, I'll be self-talking, Isaiah, prepare yourself for this, it's going to be a lot, it's going to be intense, you know, like, but you can do this. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want anyone to walk through the door of my home or my office or jump into a car with me and and think that they need to prepare for this engagement. I want everyone to feel free uh, to be authentically them. And, 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 and even for me, sometimes that's ugly, right? Sometimes that's painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's the place where you find freedom. It's the place where you go back to. Um, and so I'm, I'm encouraged and, and honored to, to create spaces, um, like that. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of gold. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so where do I begin? Uh, okay. I'll start. I'll start with something that's very fresh because I wanted to even hit this early when you said it. Uh, you said earlier that you literally go in these next five minutes. How can I be totally present for people and make them like you're not trying to tackle? You know, let's let's try to hit 
all 500 people at once. It's for this next person or the 12 people I'm around, how do I make them feel seen, loved, known? And also, how do I uh, create an environment where they can just walk in and be themselves? I love that. I love that. But that, that only comes from what you said on the front end of this question of understanding who you are mm. and not only understanding who you are, but embracing that and wanting to be within self, be in love with who you are yep. and, and also appreciate how God's made you and uh, doing the work to get there. You had to do some work. Like yeah. ther- therapy is work. Yeah. It's, it's meant, it's a, it's a journey of work. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish it was yeah. easy. I, I told yeah. uh, my therapist, I still tell her, uh, I was like, you know, the whole blood, red pill, blue pill thing, matrix. Like yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. I'll take it right now. <laughs> I don't care where I go. I don't care. The lights start to flash. Just give it to yeah. me because I am done. I'm ready to be transported. Yeah. It's the yeah, hardest yeah. thing I've ever done. It's the hardest thing yeah. I've ever done. And it's a constant yeah. process. Uh, I was, yeah. you know, I was just sorry to interrupt you. I was listening yesterday to a That's podcast okay. and the lady said, she's like, you know, we're all on this road to perfection or, mm. or the road to, you know, complete self love. And she's like, I'm mm. sorry to let you guys know that you're never going to get there. And it's just like, whoa. Like complete, it's like complete. It's like, no, there's always going to be things that come up. There's always going to be an area where you're going to have to remind yourself. I still love you. I still see you. I still care for you. Right. Yeah. And then you get back up. Definitely. Right. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So true, man. I I totally agree with that. And that is, that's the, that's the hardship, but also the blessing. It's the blessing, right? It's like the blessing and the burden. Yeah. They they come together. They are a pair. Uh, And the blessing of it is. I'm about to do some work, but I'm becoming better. Mm. Just like that scripture says, like there's more endurance and there's more perseverance and it's building up all these other characteristics within us. And also it's revealing things. Yes. You know, I, I, I hate, I hate this phrase and uh, they probably will edit this when I say <laughs> it. So I'm sorry, but you know, I, I've been, I tell all my mentees these days, like sometimes you got to sit in your shit, okay. you know, it's okay. like sitting, it's like, we're going there. Okay. <laughs> No, okay. But but, yeah. but sometimes you have to sit in it, yeah. or you know, you really have to sit in your crap, yeah. and you really have to be aware. It's just self awareness. That's yes. all it is. Be self aware because you don't. We don't realize that a lot of the things that we allow in our lives to continue to, that we do as a habit or whatsoever that they affect the people around us. Mm. And many people today are so passive aggressive. They're not going to say anything yep. to you. They're not going to say. There's I don't like when you come into a room and you just go straight forward and you don't ask people how you're doing. You know, I think that you're only concentrating on yourself but because that may be something we're naturally inclined to do Mm -hmm. i mean that may stem from something that happened to us years ago and we got to now do 10 to 15 years of work to figure out where the hell did this stem from like it's so important that we do these things and it's work i appreciate you not being ashamed to share that um and even like let's talk about this real quick man in the narrative of the black community I know for sure that I've had a, a lot of conversations with friends about therapy mm-hmm. and or getting counseling. And for some reason, like overall, not, you know, I, I don't want to be thrown or dragged or canceled because of saying this, but I think this is something that I, I can say is generally true. You know, I would say probably 50 to 60 percent of African-Americans think that 
counseling and therapy means like you're crazy yeah. and that, yeah. you know, I, I ain't getting that. I ain't crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not going to therapy, yeah. you know, where the the other narrative is what you said is like, oh, shoot, he went to the therapy. Something must have happened. Let me sit, you know, yeah. pay, sit up and pay attention. Yeah. It's still the idea across the board, even from African-Americans all the way to an Asian-American or uh, uh, Caucasian-Americans. Like we all have this thought that therapy means that something, you know, was a catalyst moment came in your life that broke you and you jumped off a cliff somewhere. But it's actually like the 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 strength that it takes to go. No, I just need to do some work. Yep. I need to do some, and I want to be better uh, for myself and the people around me, whether it's my family, whether it's the people I work with, the people I hang with, whatsoever. Um, so I, I I don't know where that comes from, but I do think uh, overall that's something. Can you speak into that a little bit? Where does that narrative come from? Yeah, you know, it's uh, funny that you say that, and. I don't know specifically where the narrative comes from, but I'll tell you, it's not, you know, you mentioned a lot of Americans, right? So African-American, Asian-American, it's, it's not just America. Um, it's the world. Like I was actually Mm. talking to a friend of mine from Nairobi, uh, Kenya, and he lived there when we were having this conversation and he was saying that, you know, I I was talking to him about therapy and, and how it's changed my life. And he was like, man, I would love that, but it's impossible for me to go. And wow. I asked him, I said, why? And he said, because it would, it, it would get out in the town. It would get out. It could ruin my career. It could ruin my relationships. It would, I, I would be isolated. And I'm like, holy wow. cow. It's got that stigma here. And then obviously, obviously in the United States, we share that, right? I mean, people hear the word, mm-hmm. you know, psychotherapist, right? And they're like, uh-huh. psycho. Oh, you know, you're, you they hear that word and, you know, it's associated with something is really wrong with you. And it's right. like, no, no, I, I wish, you know, there's so many things that, that we and our kids are and were taught in school that we don't ever use none of. Don't need to know nothing about whether it's this crazy <laughs> math product that I will never, ever use ever, ever. We all, you know, our parents, when our parents raised us, they, they, they taught us how they see the world. So they taught mm-hmm. us through their pain and, and through all of their experiences. That's how they taught us. And they were doing their best, you know, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And and then from there, that shaped who we were as, as little humans. And then, you know, we then sprinkled on, you know, our teenage self with our world experiences, whether it was a safe or an unsafe environment. And then that's and then we became adults. Right. You know, there's no manual on, hey, you know, this is how you find yourself. These are the things that are important for you. Right. And then you've got societal pressures that say, oh, you know, a man must act like this. And, you know, a woman must be that. And see all these people shouting into your life saying this is who you should be conformed to this, this, this thing, this, this idea of this is what it means to be X, Y and Z. Right. Whatever box that that we're grown up in. Uh, and then we're just let out into the world to figure it out. And a lot of times we just reenact the things that society told us, the things that our parents told us. Mm. But we don't really mm. take time to identify, hey, this is what my plan is, right? And and as mm-hmm. a Christian, you had, and this is my calling, right? And so mm-hmm. we just mm-hmm. do this thing and then we get married and we have kids and we teach them the same things and it just goes and goes and goes. And so... Um, in these communities, I would say that it's, it was, you know, it's taught and still looked at as something that is, is to be, it is something to be ashamed of. It's something that there is a problem. It's something that Mm. it shows that you're unhealthy, you're sick. And it's like, no, 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 no. Actually, 
Uh, it's the exact opposite. I and I wow. genuinely believe that in this season, particularly after the pandemic that we've all experienced as as, as a as a globe, um, and, and we're still in, that people are going to be pushing towards authentic relationships. What really right. matters, you know, we've all experienced a great deal of, of varying levels of trauma, right? You know, the things mm-hmm. that we thought were 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 set for our for our lives, right? Safety, health, all these things mm-hmm. have you know, mm-hmm. and obviously mm-hmm. there's our economy, right? All these things mm-hmm. have come into question. Like what's what's really real? And so what I genuinely believe is people are going to be pushing towards authentic relationships. They're going to go work mm-hmm. for those employers that that truly will see them as individuals, right? That will care to invest mm-hmm. in them. They're going to be running towards those friendships. Like, you know, I think about myself, it's like when we started to semi open up, I didn't just call everybody in my phone book that I used to hang out with. I thought, who are these authentic relationships that I would like to press back into to ensure that I continue on my path to grow, right? Who are the people who see me, who love me, who know me, who care for me? I want to see those individuals because I want to see them. I want to love them. I want to care for them. Wow. That's so good. If you had all the tools to become a better man, a better person, why wouldn't you use them? It's just like, yeah, why, why, why yeah. not? Why not dive into them? And uh, I think you, you hit it dead on and with even the story of your friend from Nairobi. It's, it's you know, how the, what we perceive in the communities and the families of what we, how we've taught people how to deal with pain or how we've taught people how to deal with tension. Yeah. Um, it is not given the freedom for people to process. Yeah, I think we're taught as a society, if you experience pain, the first thing you're taught is suck it up, right? We're taught that as kids. Yeah. Suck it up. Move yeah. on. Yeah. The second thing we're taught is somebody has it worse than you. So you look at that, mm-hmm. you minimize your pain. It doesn't matter. You turn it off and you move on. But that pain still exists. You're still hurt. It still exists. It still exists. And it deserves to be, it deserves freedom. It deserves to be explored. It deserves to be validated, to be seen. Yeah. Pain is real. Your emotions are real. What you felt was real. Yeah. We, we do tell people that, don't we? Mm-hmm. Take a look and keep on kicking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why I sat across from you at a table like four months ago. Like, yo, I think I've been doing that yeah. for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, now it's it has transformed my life to go, this existed, this is real. I'm self-aware about it now, and I'm taking the steps to uh, start walking it out and, um, you know, the necessary tools. And so I, I appreciate, bro, just how you are constantly, constantly, uh, you are a shepherd out in these streets. Like, I look at that as that's your bossing out here, but the, the way that you, you know, how we tell people what they need to be, a, you know, the whole boss and, and grind culture, all that stuff, you're doing in a way that is totally uh, radical. Mm-hmm. It's radical. You're a servant first to others. You're selfless um, and you're an encourager. You're an empower. Uh, you're constantly being transparent and not afraid to to show emotion or share your journey. Uh, man, that's that's not that's not common. Uh, so, Isaiah, thank you so much for sharing your heart today with the Grown Man Project and all about who you are. We're we're praying blessings on Seabreeze and uh, also on all of the all of the things that you have in your heart to do. I pray that God continues to open big doors for you. Thank you for sharing about the process and being here with me today. Thank you so much. It was great seeing you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, my friend. 
And that's a wrap for week two of the podcast. What a truly inspiring man and story. And we just feel so lucky to have had Isaiah join us on the podcast. If you enjoyed today's show and you want to learn more and follow along with all that we're doing, you can go ahead and visit us at grownmanproject.com. There you can enter our email to join our community and also be the first to know about all things Grown Man, including our podcast each week. And then since it's the 21st century, you can also go check us out on our socials. That's at Grown Man Project. And that's all we have for today, fellas. Let's go and make it a great week.